You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, for service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. So, I have the pleasure of bringing God's Word uh, this morning. Uh, and I'll be looking at Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. Uh, and it's continuing this theme of peace that we have, this theme of peace that we've been continuing, uh, building on what we've had before. So if you haven't caught up before, I'd encourage you to check out the podcast on the website. You can hear Margaret and Andrew and Tom. Uh, and later, I guess I'll be up there. But, you know, but it's, it's, it's exciting. So if you like titles, the title for the message uh, this morning is Peace Pronounced. That's the title I've decided to come up with this morning. And uh, I guess if it came in conjunction with a letter, it'd be letter P. So I'm trying to get lots of P's in here, uh, like Sesame Street. But why, why, why Peace Pronounced? Well, uh, in English, the word uh, pronounced carries two, two meanings. Um, you know, the sound of a word, how do you pronounce it? How do you vocalize it? How do you say it? But also, it carries a sense of declaring uh, or announcing something in a formal and solemn way. So I think both these aspects are what we're doing uh, this morning and, and through this, this period in, in proclaiming uh, um, peace, peace pronounced. So I was thinking about pronunciation and you know, I thought to myself, you know what, in Scotland it's great because we've got loads of fun places in Scotland that are hilarious to pronounce. So I thought to myself, I'll pull some examples. So the first one is this one. Now, if you already know how to say it, uh, don't shout out. But if you've never seen it before, uh, have, a, have a go at it. You know, how, how do you think you say that one? That'll be brave. OK, OK. So Ecclefecken, right? So the next one, um, what about this one? Anyone who doesn't know this one? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That, I, 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 used to, I used to live there, uh, and I've heard everything like Mullingavi and all this kind of stuff. It's actually Mulgai. It's Mulgai. Okay, the next one. It's Mulgai. It's Mulgai. Trust me, it's, it's Mulgai. Anybody else would have a go at this one? Dr. Mukti. Yes, absolutely. Right, next one. Kirkubri. No, it's Kirkubri. Kukubri, Kukubri, and, uh, and, and this is one, if, if you've heard me speak before, you'll know that uh, I grew up in, in Argyle with my wife Fiona, and uh, this is close to where we grew up, and Fiona's grandparents actually lived uh, there, and so did mine for a while. Uh, does anyone make a stab at this one? Tynebrook. Tynebrook is how we say it, Tynebrook. So the interesting thing about Tynebrook is, is that not only, not only is that how you say it, but Tynebrook also encapsulates what it is, what it means, because it means, it means um, uh, you know, a, a house by the bank of a river, by the bank. That's what it means. So it doesn't even, it's not just how you say it, it's, it's the meaning of it. And actually, when we look at the Bible, quite often, especially in the Old Testament, the names of people, the names of places carry more than just how you say it. They carry the sense of the meaning behind it. So, you know, we're thinking at Christmas, we're thinking about Bethlehem. So Bethlehem, eh, Bethlehem comes from bayit, meaning house, and lechem, meaning bread, the house of bread. And when we think of Jesus, the bread of heaven, the bread of life being born in Bethlehem. What, what, what an image that has for us. And so when we're thinking of these sorts of things, you know, peace, that's our, that's our theme for today. So what is peace pronounced? How do, we, how do we think about that? Peace, shalom, declared as peace to us 
embodied in Jesus, the name above every name that we're singing this morning, peace as a person in Jesus and given to us. But, but what does that mean? And I was watching a TV show, completely incidentally, uh, just the other day. Uh, and Fiona's probably thinking it's another one of these sci-fi shows that she thinks are rubbish. But anyway, um, I'm not going to talk about what show it is, but what was interesting in it is in that show, in this episode, there's a whole bunch of people that, for all intents and purposes, had been brainwashed. And they, were, they, they, they thought they were bringing peace to their enemies by obliterating them. And the, the main character of the show, uh, you know, Captain Dylan Hunt on the starship Andromeda Ascendant, where hope lives again. Anyway, if you've ever seen it, it's, it's, it's cheesy, but it's great. Um, but but he, he comes and says, that's not what peace is. Peace isn't about that. And when we look at peace in the Bible, peace really has a sense of harmony, of balance, of wholeness, of integration with God and integration with each other. This sense of, 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 of safety, security, and the absence of war. See, nothing can be more sure than this, that no human diplomacy or League of Nations or triumph of democracy, nothing can bring permanent peace to this war-distracted world that we find in this passage, but also in Ukraine and other places on earth right now. The only thing that can bring that is the return of the rightful king, Jesus, to assume his government of peace that is everlasting, everlasting. So I've got three points I'd like to bring this morning. the first is the promise of peace. The second is the process of peace. And the third is the person of peace. So the promise, the process, and the person. So I was thinking about, I was thinking about this sort of thing. And I thought, what, 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 could I, what could I do to kickstart this? So I thought about this. Can anyone tell me what this is? Can anyone tell me how much it's what, what, this, what this is worth. This is a polymer note. Back in the day, it used to be made of paper, but it's made of polymer, kind of plastic. It's £10. That, see, 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 it's actually a trick question, you see. This is actually, because I had to look it up, I had to look it up uh, by reading a whole bunch of documents by the bank. This is actually about two and a half pence to four and a half pence. That's the manufacturing costs of this polymer note, depending on the print run. You see, this note... Historically, it was paper, but this polymer, this piece of plastic, isn't actually worth anything other than a few pence to manufacture. What it is really is a promise. If you read it, it says the bank promises to pay the bearer on demand the sum of, in this case, £10. It's a promise. That is what you're taking. That's what you're using, is this promise. And the question then is, is this, 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 this promise of, 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 of peace, and I'm sure we've all had promises uh, made to us over our lives. Promises kept that are a blessing to us. Promises maybe broken that bring us heartache. Um, but God always keeps his promises. God always keeps his promises. And the promise of peace is integral to all of our God's promises that God has made. So if we do a quick, quick survey, you know, Genesis. When God spoke to Abram, who became Abraham in Genesis uh, 17, he declared that he would bless him and make him the father of many nations which is exactly what we see throughout the Bible and in history. In Exodus, we see one of the greatest promises of God delivered, which is the deliverance of these people from Egyptian slavery. They crossed the Red Sea or the the Sea of Reeds. They crossed that and they were set free after 430 years in captivity. They were set free. God's promise uh, delivered. In Deuteronomy, we see God made a promise to the nation of Israel that if they kept his commands, that he would bless them abundantly. If they would obey his word and his truth, 
He would set them high above the other nations on the earth. In the book of Joshua, we see the Lord saying, you know, through, through the servant Joshua, be strong and courageous, be very strong and courageous. Do not fear, because God promised, God promised to be them, be, be with them wherever they go. Even in the middle of the storm, God is there. Even in the middle of the storm that you're in, God is there with you. And in Isaiah, where we find ourselves now, we see God speaking, and Isaiah speaking to the people who are broken, who are discouraged, who are running away, that he would tell them, you know, that he's going to renew their strength and hearts. And this promise, beautiful, can be applied to us today. You know, if we wait in God, he will show up and he will renew our being. And that takes us to the passage that we find ourselves. And the message here changes this mood of, of gloom and doom, gloom, doom and gloom from chapter 8. And again, if you're not caught up and you've not seen it or heard it, uh, Margaret spoke about that at the start of this series, so check it out in the podcast. Um, no more gloom. So again, you know, it's getting turned around. God's turning it around because history belongs to him. He can and will turn things around. It's a promise you can take to the bank. Not this bank, the eternal bank where moth and rust does not destroy, where it's eternal, you can take that to the bank. And the promise continues in verse 7. We see the greatness of his government or the extension of his government and peace will be no end. There's no limit to his peace. Reminds me of a crazy song back in the day, you know, there's no limits. There is no limits with God. There's no limits with God. Uh, you know, and that's, and that's the thing, is, is that he himself will establish the throne of David, uh, which is a fulfillment of 2 Samuel chapter 7. We see, your house and your kingdom will endure forever. Before me, your throne will be established forever. And you see, the kingdom, this kingdom of, of Jesus will increase and will occupy progressively, progressively, all spaces until he rules over all. We're all knees will bow and tongues confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This princely reality, this actual executive rule of Jesus, this, this princely rule spreads. Where this rule spreads, peace spreads. This endless sharing of his own perfect fulfillment in bringing those under his rule to perfection. You see, this promise of peace is further explained as we, as we, as we see in verse 7 where, you know, the zeal of the Lord, the, the, the jealousy of, of the Lord of hosts, um, which is, is, is a term to, to encompass the, 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 the Lord's armies, the Lord's armies, he will accomplish this. It's by the Lord. It's not by us. It's not by works that we do that brings about, we can't bring lasting peace, but the Lord can, and he will. No matter how hard we try, we can't do it. It's by grace, not by works. Through faith, we can have peace with God. We can know peace in part now and in the fullness when we see him in glory. Yeah. It's that tension between what we have now, which is just a foretaste of the glory that we will see. Yeah. And so this, this, this zeal of the Lord that will perform this. You see, his, his, his zeal or his jealousy has his two things. One is this fire of indignation against all who maltreat his chosen people, but also a fire that burns for zeal for their welfare that must consume all the unfaithfulness. This, this, this pulling of this, this, this term, um, you know, the Lord of the, the heavenly armies, the Lord of hosts, is, 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 is this sense of miraculous intervention where we see him leading the people of Israel across the, the Red Sea, bringing down the walls of Jericho and, 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 you know, and devastating the Midianite hosts before Gideon. He did it because he is miraculous. And, you know, as we, as we see this, we can look for liberation and deliverance by the almighty power of God. You know, the zeal of the Lord burns 
you know, you know, for his people. And, and, and Jesus, you know, when he, when he walked, he lived, and, and, and he was despised and forsaken, you know, he was raised to glory. The name above every name. And that is who we're worshiping, you know, the power, there's power in the name of Jesus. And, you know, and, and a sense of thinking, you know, the Lord's zeal will do this, this future tense. You see, it will happen, but not yet in fullness. It's a process. It's a progress. We'll be talking about that in my second point momentarily. But, you know, do you feel that your heart is broken this morning? Do you feel that you're living with the regret of broken promises? Do you? Jesus can be your peace this morning. His promise of peace is for you. It's for us. It will happen. Maybe not at the time of writing. Maybe not right now. But it will happen. It will happen. And that takes me to the second point I'd like to say this morning, which is the process of peace. The process of peace. Now, Fiona and I <laughs> have had a bit of a challenging few weeks. Um, some of you know this, but I don't want to spend too much time on this illustration, but it is a crazy one. Um, we've called it Sofagate or the Sofa Fiasco or anything along those lines. Um, Sofagate, we're going to call it that. But there is a conclusion, but we're going to come to the conclusion in a minute. So the long and short of it was, we have a sofa, well, we had a sofa, uh, that, I had, that I bought about 18 years ago. And it was kind of getting to that point where we kind of needed a new one. And then the neighbor next door said, oh, we've got a sofa. We're getting rid of that. You, you can take that. I thought, oh, great, a promise of a sofa. Brilliant. Then I had to try and get rid of my sofa. And no matter what I tried, giving it away and, you know, gum tree, free cycle, people said he'd collected, never collected it, all this kind of craziness going on. Uh, and one person said, oh, I'll come, I'll, I'll take it. Fiona's like shaking her head. Uh, she, she knows what's coming next. Uh, the, the, you know, so it's, oh, I'll come and collect it. And, then, and I said, oh, well, you're in Falkirk. No, I suppose I could take it into, it's a sort of recliner, so I could you know, take it into like, you know, four different bits, do eight trips. I could, I could drop it off free of charge. Oh, I'm not in Falkirk. I'm on the south side of, uh, of, of Lanarkshire near the Dumfries and Galloway border. Uh, I'm like, oh no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Oh, I'll give you a tenner. <laughs> Aye, that'll get me to the end of the street. So I'm, sorry, I'm really sorry, you know. So the long and short of it was, I ended up having to drop it out for uplift. And so I dropped it out for uplift and, uh, you know, and, and, and the next one was like, you need to get this sofa in. So, so, so he helped uh, bring them in, you know, got them into the dining room and uh, had them upright in the dining room. The dining room wasn't a dining room, but had these sofas in it. And uh, so I was like, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to get these, these existing, the existing sofas out. And somebody, I'm not mentioning any names, but somebody said, oh, you know what, I'll help you get rid of them if it's a, if it's a source of stress for you. I'll come with a chainsaw. And I'll chainsaw in the living room. I'm trying not to look at the person who said that. And, uh, and, I, and I was like, yeah, that's a great offer. But the thought of a chainsaw going through it, yeah. I thought, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll put it out for a bulk uplift. So I put it out for a bulk uplift. And the council were like, oh, I could hear them because, you know, I work outside in, the, in an outside office. And oh, oh, this is big. Oh, we kind of get this in the van. So they only took half of it. And we're like, what's this about? So the phone up the council complained, they came back to the rest of it away. That's great. So then we're like, we need to get these other ones, you know, you need to get these other ones in. So honestly, so, so, so I was trying to get this in, damaged the door, so I need a joiner. Uh, you know, the sofa flew through the, the thing, I lost grip, smashed the radiator, smashed the TRV valve, water going places, I need a joiner, need a, need a, need a, need a plumber. And, uh, and, 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 and just to top it all off, we're getting, we're trying, we got the two-seater from the, the dining room into the living room, then we took the, the, the three-seater, tried to get in, it wouldn't fit, it wouldn't fit, so we're like, come on, just push it a bit harder. And I was like, crunch, 
what's that? Ceiling. Whap, huge big hole in the ceiling. I'm like, now I need a plasterer. And, and, and Fiona, unknown to me, unknown to me, uh, she was on the other side and she was pointing, to, say, there's a huge big hole here. I'm like pushing the sofa, where? Crunch, her finger gets cut, uh, trapped in this big hole. Uh, she's like, oh no, I don't believe this. So anyway, so she was like, I'm not helping you anymore. You're going to have to do this yourself. So finally got it out, put it, put it out. And I'm like, this promise of a sofa, this is a complete and utter painful process of this whole thing. So I thought, great, we've got it out. We've got one sofa. We don't want to sit on the floor for Christmas, so we'll try and get another one. So ordered Black Friday. You think Black Friday, great. You think Black Friday. So ordered a sofa on Black Friday, only to later find out that it was a, a scam. And they took my money and not delivered the sofa. And uh, I had to get fraud and, you know, disputes and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like... You accept, a, you accept a free sofa, and then you're getting a plumber, a plasterer, a joiner, and you're, you've got fraud involved. But anyway, so finally, I got the money back, and last Sunday night, praise God, I got a second-hand sofa that could fit in my car, fit in, and we've now got something to sit on for Christmas. Praise the Lord! Yay! Right, so, God is good. But this is the thing, it's the promise wasn't fulfilled instantaneously. There was a, a, a process to go through, and mighty was it painful. <laughs> More so for Fiona with her finger, but you know, it was painful, it was a painful process. And, and this is the thing, is that, you know, we live in an instant society. You know, we want things and promises fulfilled yesterday. No process, we want things now, painless, promptly, perfect. You know, sometimes our desire is to have it all now. But other times, you know, we may despair dreading the daily darkness. You know, and if that's you this morning, the Lord says, the pain will pass. Peace will prevail. The promise of peace is persistent. The person of peace, Jesus, and his peace is perfect. See, his power is made manifest in our weakness. See, we want immediacy, but the Lord says, I want your intimacy. I want you to be in relationship with me. And this is what we find, you know, as we look at the scriptures around this, this promise of priests, that yes, the promise was pronounced, but it wasn't fulfilled in fullness. It, th- this process was progressive. You know, Habakkuk 1-2, Tom talked about this last week, so you can catch up on Tom's message on the podcast as well, if you, if you missed it. You know, how long, O oh Lord, must I call from help, and, and you don't listen, and cry to you? Violence, but you don't save. Or Psalm 3, my soul is in deep anguish. How long? How long? Or Psalm 13, how long must I wrestle with these thoughts and day and night have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemies triumph over me? You see, these promises in context is the process. You know, for to us, in verse 6, a child was born again. You can catch up on Tom's message last week on the podcast. But you know, this passage in Isaiah he wasn't alone in this process. In Jeremiah, for example, you know, the nation was going through a time of oppression and exile, and he would spend another 70 years in captivity. Another 70 years in captivity before the promise is fulfilled. Plans to prosper. Not plans of evil, but plans of peace. Peace, hope, and love. In, in Micah 5.2, we read, uh, 700 years before Jesus. But you, Bethlehem of Phratah, though you're small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one who's a ruler over Israel, whose origins are from, from old, from, from everlasting to everlasting, from ancient times, prophesying the birth 700 years later that we see of Jesus the Messiah in Bethlehem. In Matthew 2, 
And in John 1, we read that, you know, as, as many received him, as Jesus, he gave the power to become the children of God, even to them who believed in his name. This promise in the context of salvation, if you believe and receive Jesus, you have the power to become a child of God this morning. You don't need to work for it. You don't need to get it. It's a gift of grace. And, you know, what the Lord really wants to say this morning is this. All the promises of God, not some, not a few, all the promises of God in Jesus are yes and amen to the glory through us. First, Second Corinthians chapter 1, all of God's promises are yes and amen. We can stand on that this morning. This process of peace, it happens to God's timescales, not our own. Quite often we expect things to be done as if we're God, but we're not God. He does it in his timing, and his timing is perfect. You may feel let down this morning. You may feel that people have broken promises to you. But the Lord is faithful. He always fulfills his promise. Yes. Always. Whatever you're asking from the Lord today, he hears your cries, even if they're in secret. And the prayers that you pray in a quiet place. And he wants to comfort you this morning with his peace. Wherever you are in that process of peace, he wants to come and meet you. So the Lord wants you to know the words of John 14, 27. My peace, Jesus says, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. Jesus doesn't give us the world gifts. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't be troubled. That takes me to my third point this morning. The person of peace. The person of peace. Now, uh, many of you know this because I talk about this kind of stuff a lot. I like my TV shows. Okay, uh, especially ones from when I, when I grew up. And uh, I was thinking, oh, great TV show. Uh, I used to, I used to love this cartoon when I was younger. And I used to watch it. I got Harvin, my daughter. She's not here, she's in kids, but got her into it. She, she quite likes it as well. So I'll start giving you some hints on, on, on who's in it. And then maybe you can see who, see who shouts out first with, with what uh, cartoon it is. You ready? That's the challenge. So the main character is called Adam. Okay, Prince Adam. Prince Adam of Eternia. Top marks. He-Man. He-Man. Absolutely. But if you think about it, where did he get that idea from? Prince Adam of Eternia with the sword of power. Sounds like somebody else we know. You know, but, but, this, but this is the thing. But, but that's what, that's what the, the people of Israel, that's what the Jews expected. They expected He-Man to come in and destroy all the enemies. They expected a he-man to come. But actually, no, it was a baby. A baby. A baby. But that baby was fully man and fully God. Not just in title, but who he is. And in verse 6, we see that he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. That's the person of peace. That's uh, my final point this morning. And so I'd love to unpack some of this. So the first one is, is you know, is, is thinking, how do we pronounce his name? How do we describe his character and his role? Well, there's five descriptions here. Now, I know quite often we sang it as well this morning. Uh, and, you know, a lot of English translations have wonderful counselor. And that's not to say that, you know, Jesus isn't a wonderful counselor. He is. But it's, they're actually two different, um, uh, they're actually two different, um, you know, nouns. Uh, the first isn't an adjective for the second. So it's wonderful and counsellor. So we'll talk about wonderful. You know, reminiscent of Judges 13, 18. He said, why do you ask my name? He says, Yahweh, the Lord, it's too wonderful for you to understand. See, this, this both expresses and hides the speaker's incomprehensible wonder. 
you know, it's, it's, it's not just who he says, it's not just who, you know, uh, it's not just what he says or does, it's the mysteries of his own person. It's the mysteries of his own person. And, you know, and every word that he spoke, every act that he did is wonderful. That we should be both, you know, he should be both, uh, you know, sinless and friend to sinners. That's Jesus. Wonderful in the sense of supernatural and extraordinary. It's used 54 times in that way, you know, in the Old Testament. And, and it always carries a sense of supernatural, the sense of God's omnicompetence, the sense of the way his acts confound human estimates, the way, you know, his moral, uh, you know, providences spread, the way, you know, he meets the beleaguered people and only a miracle could save them. You know, God's exodus acts, his supernatural behavior. So when we think about this, when we think about Jesus, you know, we think about this wonderful, this miraculous, a child then, out of the ordinary, miraculous, a miracle, a virgin birth. See, we all, like Jesus, have been called to be supernaturally natural, that we should be living not just in the flesh, not just as the world, but living in the spirit, seeing that wonder of God being used uh, you know, through us and, 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 and stepping into his power. So the second point is, is, is counselor. Um, so in Isaiah 11, 2, we read, speaking of the Messiah, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord will be on him. So he's not just a supernatural counselor, which he is, but, and this is crucial, he is the one who gives supernatural counsel. He is the one who gives supernatural counsel. Counsel beyond human level of God himself that speaks right into the heart of the issue that you're facing this morning. That counsel that Jesus brings is our plan for salvation. You know, in Colossians, we read, Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't seek it. He doesn't need it because he is it. But unless we trust him, we can receive it from him. So Jesus is called the wonderful counselor because he alone can give us guidance and help and salvation and, and, you know, and his presence at a time of need. You know, in deliverance and miracles. You know, if you need counsel today, he's but a prayer, a prayer away. It's just a prayer away. So then it takes us to mighty God, mighty God, this, the, the deity of Jesus, you know, um, you know, mighty used in, in Deuteronomy, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, and uh, great and mighty and awesome. See, every word, every act that, that God does is mighty in power because he is, his name is power. He has power. And, and this title given to him is, is again this sense of this, this, this mighty warrior, this, these military references of, of, of seeing this. And again, Andrew talked about that in his message to catch up on the podcast. I'm shamelessly plugging the podcast this morning. Catch up on the message if you missed it. You know, but that's the key. Get it on the website. So, you know, is, 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 is seeing that, you know, the Lord himself is, is, is mighty you know, guaranteeing the people's uh, preservation in, in wisdom and liberation and in freedom. You know, mighty, you know, he's a mighty warrior, a mighty hero, hero of heaven, Jesus, the name above every name as we were singing. See, everlasting father, uh, or, or literally father of eternity, you know, he inhabits and possesses eternity. He inhabits and possesses eternity. This father of eternity, which, you know, is entitled here, is the only one who can make things new. As we see in Revelation 21, Jesus makes all things new. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the author and completer, the beginning and the end of our salvation and our faith. Jesus, the everlasting king. Now, the crucial thing here, I want to stress this point, you see, is Isaiah's teaching us that God the Son, 
the second person of the Trinity is the same person as God the Father. Because in, in, in the Trinity, in, in, God, in, in the Godhead, we've got distinct persons. We've got the person of Jesus. We've got the person of the Father. We've got the person of the Holy Spirit. They're individual, unique, yet one. So, so, so Isaiah's not saying that because that was, a, that was a heresy denounced by the early church called modalism. But anyway, the, the point here is, 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 is it's talking about the Messiah's role. You know, his character towards us. That's what Isaiah has in mind. This everlasting father, as Sam Storm puts it, he says it is that it's a descriptive analogy pointing um, to Christ's character, his fatherly, father-like treatment of us. And Jesus himself, he says, you know, I've been with you so long, uh, in John 14. Do you not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show me the father? If you, have you not believed that, you know, I'm in the father and father is in me? You know, if you want to know what God's like, look to Jesus. He's the exact representation of the Father. He's the exact representation of the Father. Jesus alone, Jesus alone makes the Father known. Indeed, no one can come to the Father except through the Son, through Jesus. Salvation is in Him and Him alone. See, the Father, you know, it helps, use of the Lord points to His concern for the helpless, points to His care and discipline of His people that we see in the, you know, in the, in the book of Hebrews. I love, I love Hebrews. Uh, you know, the writer of the Hebrews tells us all about that. Um, you know, and, and also this, this, this sense of, of, of our, you know, loyal, reverence response to Him. This leading this idea that His rule and pattern of divine fatherhood. He's Father to the fatherless. And if that's you, let the peace of God bless you and encompass you with his fatherhood this morning. Prince of Peace. You know, this, this t- ties up the four preceding titles. His eternity and his provision of peace are combined in chapter 57 in Isaiah, in verses 15 and 19 we read, for this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy, peace, 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 shalom, to all those far and near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. I will heal them. That's what he says. And his heart is to heal you, to heal a broken world. Because he has the name above all names, and all things are under his feet. You know, he's, he's, he's a prince who will in person completely subdue every opposing foe. And even, you know, the angels heralded at his birth and looked too. You know, hark the herald angels. You know, they, 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 that's, that's what they're proclaiming. And, he, you know, and he's to secure peace for his people, law, righteousness throughout the kingdom, without which there can be no salvation. It's only through Jesus, the one true way to eternal life. Therefore, the Prince of Peace is himself a whole man, a complete man, perfect in all things, fully human, fully God. The true Adam who didn't sin when tempted by Satan. But also a prince ushering in his kingdom of peace, that kingdom of peace for you, that kingdom of peace for me, that kingdom of peace here in this church, that kingdom of peace for Bones, that kingdom of peace that reigns forever for a broken world. You know, would you like that kind of peace this morning? You know, if so, let us pray for you. You know, the leaders want to pray for you and see Jesus, the person of peace, bring his peace to you this day and see his salvation. See salvation. Reach out. See those who are lost, that are broken, that are crying in pain, in suffering, in shame, in guilt, seeing them set free and praising the name of Jesus because it's about him. It's not about us. Because it's in his power and in his might the Lord's zeal will achieve this. We just have to be faithful and trust. You know, Lord, how long? 
but we trust in you. It's in your timing, and your timing is perfect. So I'll start uh, bringing this in now. So what do these verses teach us this morning? What do they teach us this morning? Well, there's a promise, and God's promises are true, and are never broken. It's a process. Sometimes it happens miraculously. Sometimes it takes the process. You know, sometimes God does something miraculous. I remember when I was, you know, learning different languages, and it takes lots of practice, and you know, uh, and, you know, and, and studying that sort of stuff. But other times, you know, the Lord can bless you with, you know, a gift of speaking other languages. But you know, it's a process, and the person of peace, Jesus. You see, what the Old Testament, including Isaiah, could only record as a promise, which starkly was against, you know, their lived experience of the time. The New Testament, and as the Christian, we see fulfilled in Jesus, the son of David, the divine king of heaven and earth, the savior of the world, the bringer of peace, true peace, fulfillment of the promise. I don't know if you watch much TV, but if you watch TV, TV tells us apparently what Christmas is about. Apparently it's about Coke, because it's the real thing. (laughs) Apparently it's about the supermarket adverts. Some of them are quite good, granted, but Tesco's one says there's a lack of joy. Never. No, the Lord Jesus is our joy. Uh, but, you know, but the thing is, you know, it's about Santa. And I'm not going to say too much about this in case any kids listen to the podcast. But, you know, it's about Santa. Is he the reason for the season? No. See, this, you know, when we think of Christmas, it's easy to focus on Santa or baby Jesus. Baby Jesus away in the manger. It's so easy just to put him away in the manger, away out of our lives so we can live our own way. But that's the way it leads to destruction. But the Lord Jesus says this morning, I want you to bring him back. Bring him back to be central in your life, front and center in your life where he can transform what you're doing. This baby Jesus grew up to be a man with a life-transforming message of good news, his eternal kingdom. The gospel just means good news, which is a welcome change to the narrative of negativity we see on the news around us. It's good news. Good news. And this, this, this message of, of, of hope, of peace, of love, of freedom, freedom from sin, guilt, shame, and fear, of peace. See, Jesus, this Prince of Peace, lived a perfect life, died in our place, and was raised again, and is alive today, calling your name, asking you to come deeper in relationship with him. For he's risen. He's alive. In the name above every name. Amen. You know, and that's the fullness of life that he looks. You see, the gospel is good news. It's an explosion of hope and peace that outshines this negativity. And this promise of peace is for you. No matter where you're at this morning, no matter what you're feeling this morning, Jesus, the person of peace, is for you. See, Jesus, by living the life that we couldn't live and dying the death that we deserve to die, gave all sinners everywhere, all those on the naughty list that's all humanity the right to receive the free gift of grace of God's love salvation and peace we can thank the Lord for that this morning so wherever you are whatever you're going through call out to Jesus he hears your cries and prayers and will come and meet you this day we'd love to introduce you to him if you don't know him but we'd love to pray with you as well so in wrapping up peace pronounced Shalom. 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 Peace in your life. Peace in your family. Peace in this town of Bowness. Peace in this church. Peace in the situations you find yourself. Not just today, but next week. 
the week after, the year after, peace. The everlasting peace of the true person of peace. The Lord Jesus be with you today and forevermore. Amen.